welcome to Books in the Wild, the podcast about exploring books. I'm Carrie Mikulani Schroeder. I was going to be dark again this week because I am so, so far behind on so many projects, but instead I decided I needed to focus on the one project that generates zero income because I am also wildly irresponsible. So for today's 20th episode, I wanted to talk about the changes and additions made to the dictionary in the year 2020. Now, I don't know how many of you also read the Merriam-Webster site for fun, or maybe you have lives or whatever, but you know what? It's actually a really fun, educational, and completely not depressing activity. Dictionaries are an ever-changing record of language, constantly being updated, amended, and added to. This goes for all dictionaries, Merriam-Webster, Oxford English Dictionary, Collins, and all the rest of them. Updates to the dictionary can be new words entirely or amendments for new meanings of existing words. As you can imagine, 2020 was a heck of a year, with both Merriam-Webster and OED adding over a thousand words each. And Merriam-Webster just added another 500 words at the end of January 2021. They also have really fun, interesting articles. And if you want to see people get really riled up, I'd recommend the article on how the word literally, literally isn't exclusive to describing something literally, but can literally mean hyperbolically to really emphasize a metaphor. The article is titled, I know kitty, it's crazy. The article is titled, Did We Change the Definition of Literally? No, literally every modern dictionary includes this definition. Merriam-Webster cites usage of the word literally in a figurative way as far back as Charles Dickens, with the line from his novel Nicholas Nickleby that reads, Lift him out, says Squeers, after he had literally feasted his eyes in silence upon the culprit. F. Scott Fitzgerald did it, Quote, he literally glowed, so did James Joyce. Quote, Lily, the caretaker's daughter, was literally run off her feet. W.M. Thackeray, quote, I literally blazed with wit. Charlotte Bronte, quote, she took me to herself and proceeded literally to suffocate me with her unrestrained spirits. Readers had some pretty strong opinions on this figuratively literal definition. Comments include, definition two, the dictionary is literally wrong. This is literally the stupidest thing I've ever read, and I literally can't even. Sorry, I literally fell down a rabbit hole with that one, but I do recommend it for a rip-roaring good time. So I'd really like to talk about the additions to the dictionary in 2020. Unsurprisingly, the speed in which new words appeared in our collective daily vocabulary to being approved for addition to the dictionary during 2020 is unprecedented. Merriam-Webster and Oxford Dictionaries both added over a thousand words during the year, a lot due to changes in, well, everything. 2020 was also the first year that the Oxford English Dictionary did not announce a word of the year, instead describing 2020 as a year which cannot be neatly accommodated into one single word. Oxford Dictionary's president, Caspar Grathwall, stated, I've never witnessed a year in language like the one we've just had. 
and OED lexicographers described seismic shifts in language data and precipitous frequency rises in new coinage over the last 12 months. Collins Dictionary and Merriam-Webster did choose a word of the year for 2020. And if you're anything like me, you probably want a chance to guess which words they are. So I'll give you 10 seconds. Wow, 10 seconds seems like a long time in podcast time. Collins Dictionary 2020 Word of the Year is lockdown. And Merriam-Webster's Word of the Year is, maybe most predictably, pandemic. OED recorded that the use of the word pandemic went over 57,000% in 2020, as well as increases of the words remote and remotely up over 300% since March. 500% increases in the usage of on-mute or unmute, and of the portmanteaus workstation up 500% and staycation up 380%. Also, side note, if you follow the Pantone color of the year, they selected two colors for 2021, and they're both fitting for 2021. They kind of look like Oscar the Grouch's color palette. Anyway, Of course, 2020 wasn't just about the pandemic. OED also tracked monumental spikes in the words impeachment, acquittal, mail-in, all up 3,000%, and use of Black Lives Matter, BLM, and QAnon went up over 5,000%. The speed in which words have been added to the dictionary has also been record-breaking. Words can't just be added to the dictionary, at least not officially. Although Urban Dictionary is open and they add a thousand words a day, but that's not considered an official dictionary. Although it has been cited in court cases, so I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. It is a lexicographer's job to compile dictionaries. Words can't just be added to the dictionary without some serious consideration. When a new word appears in our vernacular, lexicographers are on it, tracking and determining their impact, frequency of use, and longevity. They track slang terms, acronyms, and alternate uses for existing words. Will these words be understood by the general population and not just a specialized or regional dialect? To be added to the dictionary, lexicographers must analyze and determine if a word has widespread, frequent, and meaningful usage and sometimes this takes years. For example, OMG was only added to the dictionary in 2009, despite having been observed in general use for about 15 years by that point. The speed in which new words were added to the dictionary is astounding. Prior to 2020, the fastest word added to the dictionary after its noted initial usage was AIDS, added to the dictionary in 1984, two full years after its first known use. Last year, Merriam-Webster added the word COVID-19 just 34 days after its coinage. Besides the pandemic, other words Merriam-Webster added to the dictionary include several words about identity, and many of them don't really work unless they're seen, which shows the major shift toward informal written communication, like on social media or texting, and the impact that it has on our visual language. Words like folks, as in F-O-L-X, was added to the dictionary. Folks with an X is a variation of folks, F-O-L-K-S, but differs in that folks, X, 
is a gender-neutral collective noun used to address a group of people. The one ending with an X specifically acknowledges LGBTQ people and those who do not identify within the gender binary. Senior editor for Merriam-Webster, Emily Brewster, states in the Chicago Tribune article that, quote, Folks is so interesting, especially because it absolutely requires that the word be seen. It really points very directly to how prominent written language is right now, because you cannot hear the difference when somebody says the word folks with a KS or with an X. The logogram at, meaning the at symbol, like the little lowercase a encircled with its own tail, also got an update in the dictionary last year adding the informal usage meaning to respond to, challenge, or disparage the claim or opinion of someone, usually used in the phrase, don't at me. This phrase also requires it to be read to make sense, because people don't commonly say, don't at me, but they do write it. More 2020 amendments to existing words include long hauler, which primarily refers to a long haul trucker, but now has an additional definition as someone who experiences one or more long-term effects following initial improvement or recovery from a serious illness, such as COVID-19. Similarly, the word pods and bubble have likewise been amended to mean a usually small group of people, such as family members, friends, coworkers, or classmates, who regularly interact closely with one another, but with few or no others in order to minimize exposure and reduce the transmission of infection during an outbreak or pandemic. More 2020 entries to the dictionary include self-isolate, physical distancing, contactless, deep fake, dark web, deep web, and micro-target. The response to COVID-19 has moved many terms previously used mainly by medical researchers into our general vocabulary. So, although these were already technically words, they were so specialized and often only used by professionals within a given field, and therefore not found in general-use dictionaries. Words like epidemic curve, immune surveillance, R-number, community immunity, and herd immunity. Some internet slang that has made it into Merriam-Webster dictionary includes reaction gif, when instead of responding to a comment or text, you send someone a gif, that emotes your response. Like when someone asks what I'm doing this weekend and I send a gif of that little pig eating cookies in bed because it literally kills me every time. Hard pass was added as a term for a firm refusal as was cancel culture, digital blackface, and flex have all made their way to official dictionary status last year. The way we work has undoubtedly been changing for a while now because internet with an even more tremendous shift as of late. Gig economy, makerspace, crowdfunding, co-working, and gig worker have all made new appearances in the dictionary. One group of words that Merriam-Webster has been following closely are words about identity, gender, sexuality, race, etc. Along with folks with an X, other additions include the acronym BIPOC for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Sapiosexual, meaning of, related to, or characterized by sexual or romantic attraction to highly intelligent people, and the term silver fox, which to me seems a little outside the rest of the words, and I was actually personally surprised it wasn't already in the dictionary, but I'm into it, if you know what I mean. Actually, I'm, I'm into all of this. 
I thought maybe the word staycation was added this year, but I was wrong. It was added by Merriam-Webster in 2009. However, staycation actually first appeared in print in the Cincinnati Enquirer in July of 1944 in an advertisement for the Felsenbrau Supreme Beer. It reads, Four red, white, and blue reminders for July. Number one, don't let the hot sun cool off your enthusiasm in your victory garden. It's what you harvest, not what you plant, that's important. Number two, take a staycation instead of a vacation this year. Trains and buses are crowded. Gasoline and tires must be conserved. Number three, fill your coal bin now. Neither the mines, the railroads, nor your coal dealer will be able to handle a last-minute rush. And number four, remember, no soldier ever got too many letters. Write every week, write today, and send it in V-mail. It's safer, faster, surer. Saves vital cargo space. Gosh, I know this was supposed to be a short episode, but again, this is what I do for fun. So, of course, I had to look up V-mail. V-mail is an abbreviation of victory mail, a U.S. term which, during the Second World War, denoted letters to or from home, reproduced photographically to conserve shipping space. To reduce the cost of transferring an original letter through the military postal system, a V-mail letter would be censored, copied to film, and printed back onto paper upon its arrival at its destination. V-mail correspondence was on small letter sheets, about 7 by 9 inches that would go through mail sensors before being photographed and transported as thumbnail-sized images in negative microfilm. Upon arrival at their destination, the negatives would be printed. The final print was 60% of the original document size, creating a sheet of about 4 by 5 inches. According to the National Postage Museum, V-mail ensured that thousands of tons of shipping space could be reserved for war materials. The 37 mail bags required to carry 150,000 one-page letters could be replaced by a single mail sack. The weight of that same amount of mail was reduced dramatically from 2,575 pounds to a mere 45. This saved considerable weight and bulk in a time which both were hard to manage in a combat zone. In addition to postal censorship, V-mail also deterred espionage communications by foiling the use of things like invisible ink, microdots, or microprinting, none of which could be reproduced in a photocopy. Letters from home. Each day, millions of them are sent to American servicemen fighting on distant battlefronts. Because of a war postal system called V-mail, they can be flown throughout the world, reaching distant points safely and with amazing speed. This plane is landing in Italy. Each bag of mail it carries contains 136,000 letters. Back in America, each letter was reduced to a tiny strip of film. Now near the front, Automatic machines enlarge each overseas letter from 16-millimeter motion picture negative to a 4 by 5 inch print. These strips are dried, carefully inspected, and cut into individual letters. Machines fold them and put them into envelopes. In this one laboratory, over 300,000 letters a day are handled. A complete locator card system takes care of mail incorrectly addressed. In the censorship section, anything that might reveal vital military information is cut out. 
call, Americans overseas receive their letters. Nearly every transport plane that spans the ocean brings its quota of mail. In just a few days, V-mail letters from home reach servicemen in every theater of war. Okay, glad we got that out of the way. That was a weird tangent for staycation, which again, was not added in 2020 but a good example of how often words change, like V-mail. I mean, my grandparents were alive during that time, so they probably knew what a V-mail was, but I didn't. And also, I'm fairly certain that none of my grandparents ever sent an email in their lifetime and probably wouldn't trust it. It reminds me of those ageist posts on social media that say stuff like, kids these days don't know what this is, and then they show a vinyl record or a Scantron sheet. Or those weird silver candy balls that they used to put on cupcakes when I was a kid, but apparently we weren't supposed to eat. And then they're posted as if that means something other than, oh wow, the times and technology change, and for some reason fruitless nostalgia is more rewarding than the ability to adapt and grow, or more succinctly. Weird flex, but okay. Anyway, back to dictionary entries. 2020 was also the year that murder hornets made it to the dictionary, which is a little unsettling that last year was so tumultuous that I forgot about murder hornets. ASMR, or Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, is officially a term now. ASMR is a pleasant tingling sensation that originates on the back of the scalp and often spreads under the neck and upper spine that occurs in some people in response to a stimulus, such as a particular type of sound or movement, and that tends to have a calming effect. It is defined as a pleasant form of paresthesia and has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia and may overlap with frisson. Common triggers for ASMR include listening to a softly spoken whispering voice or listening to quiet repetitive sounds such as turning the pages of a book. Another comfort word added to 2020 is hygge, a Danish word roughly translated as a cozy quality that makes a person feel content and comfortable, also related to the Old High German hygen, which means to think, have in mind, be mindful of, and to the English word hug. The New Yorker in the article The Year of the Hygge, the Danish obsession with getting cozy, describes hygge as it is candles, nubby woolens. Shearling slippers, woven textiles, pastries, blonde wood, sheepskin rugs, lattes with milk foam hearts, and a warm fireplace. Hygge can be used as a noun, adjective, verb, or compound noun, like Hygge Buxer, otherwise known as that schlubby pair of pants that you would never wear in public but secretly treasure. Hygge can be found in a bakery and in the dry heat of a sauna in winter, surrounded by your naked neighbors. It is wholesome and nourishing like porridge. 
Danish doctors recommend tea and hygge as a cure for the common cold. It is possible to hygge alone, wrapped in a flannel blanket with a cup of tea, but the true expression of hygge is joining with loved ones in a relaxed and intimate atmosphere. And that might just be my favorite recent addition to the dictionary this past year. And maybe a good note to end on. So take that long hot bath and then get back into those sweatpants. Make yourself some hot cocoa or a hot toddy or both. Snack on some goldfish crackers, cuddle your pets or other loved ones, and watch something very, very stupid on TV. It's Hugo time. I still don't really know how to use that word in a sentence, but I like it. I have links in the show notes. For more information, you can visit booksinthewild.com or follow Books in the Wild podcast on Instagram. I am Carrie Mikilani Schroeder, and you can follow me at coyotebonespress.com or on Instagram at coyotebonespress. Thank you so much for listening. Please share and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or I think Stitcher does it too. I really appreciate your support. Stay safe and happy Hugo.